again to another episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your host, Robert Weathers, and you know we here at Panglossian Productions, including Sharon, love the weird. (laughs) We love the unproduced and underproduced, and we also love 10-minute plays. And we're going to get a brand new 10-minute play from us every Two weeks here on the Best of All Possible podcast in 2019. I stumbled a little bit, but I got through it, didn't I? But it's not just me. We have a talented pool of actors uh, who come and read with us here on the podcast. And joining us here today is Mr. Ed Whitaker. Hi, Ed. Hello. Welcome, Ed. Thank you. So, Ed, uh, let me ask you, this is a little bit of a personal question. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) You ever talk to yourself in the mirror? Oh, yes. Do you? Oh, yes. I know a lot of actors. You've been acting for a long time. Well, yes. Is it, is it an acting thing, or do you just talk to yourself? No, like? I just think it's me. Oh, really? I, you know, it's all about me. Somebody once told me that it's okay. <laughs> Somebody once told me that it's okay if you talk to yourself, but it, it's, it starts to get weird if you answer yourself. Do you answer yourself, too? Uh, it depends on what voice I'm using to talk to myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Actually, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, voice. right. Ed. Actually, because sometimes I might talk to myself and then I'll answer myself. Yes, I will. But it's not necessarily in the mirror. Actually, oh, I the more I talk, I think about this. I'm not really talking to myself in the mirror because that doesn't really help. I'm, uh-huh. I would not be using a mirror. I'd just be in, you know, solitude somewhere talking to myself. <laughs> so that sounds great. Ed. <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Ed. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Also joining us is Liz Thomas. Hi, Liz. Liz, do you talk to yourself? I know you do. Thank you, Robert. You're Why, yes. Sure also, I do. Why not? Also joining us is Sharon Hollis. Yeah. Hey! It's called running lines, Robert. Yeah. Oh, well, no doubt. That is a fact, right? There you go. There you go. Uh, I'm, I, yes, I, I have to admit, I talk to myself. I talk Beep. to myself all the time. Uh, so. Well, we're extroverts. Extroverts it, tend to talk out loud about true. almost anything. You know, just that's how we process stuff. Sharon, ha- Sharon has a look. She does. What's your look? Not here? an extrovert. Do talk to myself? Oh yeah. Are you, well, are you I a didn't say talker? that non-extroverts don't talk to themselves. I just know that extroverts tend to, they can talk to themselves. I'm sorry. Are you a mirror <laughs> talker, Sharon? No, I don't like mirrors. Uh huh. So, or so I know that I talk to myself in the car a lot. Are you a car talker? Yeah, in the car, or uh-huh. if I'm walking somewhere by myself. Mm. Oh yeah, I do that. I'm I'm a. I mean, I'm, I'm not. The mic's not always <laughs> moving, but the but the internal monologue is constant. Oh yeah, definitely. Thanks. This is great. <laughs> and joining us also is Josie Arco. Hi, Joe. All right, Joe, you know the question. You talk to yourself. I talk to Ed in the mirror a lot, actually. <laughs> That's who that is. <laughs> That's why it's the two different voices. Dang. I recognize the hat. Well, I couldn't see the hat. Oh. I'm very sneaky with that. <laughs> this is really great. It looked like my hair. I got All right. <laughs> Well, I think we have a perfect play for everybody here today. We are reading the play called The Best Narcissist in America by Mark J. Rosen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, those of you listening at home or in your car or wherever you listen to your podcast, we are reading this on a, well, this is a cold read. So these actors have not laid eyes on this script before. As a matter of fact, I even have not laid eyes on this script before because just like last week, my dear wife, Caitlin, selected this play. Thank you, Caitlin. Robert, a quick question. What Uh are your feelings about your wife picking a play for you called The Best Narcissist in America? (laughs) Well, at least I'm the best at it. (laughs) I'm more worried about last week in the night. Fair enough. That's right. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, these actors have not laid eyes on this script before, as I said a moment ago. So I'm going to assign the roles now. 
Ed, would you please read the part of Tom? Okay. Sharon, please read the part of May. Liz, please read the part of Lav. That's L-A-V. Uh, that's for you at home, not for you, Liz. I know you can see it. <laughs> and Doug, Joe, if you would please be Doug. Thank you. <laughs> we were just talking about Doug, the cartoon. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I will read the stage directions. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, The Best Narcissists in America, a play in one act by Mark J. Rosen. The characters, which may be of any race or ethnicity, may... The narcissist's mother, she's 50 to 60s. Tom, narcissist's father, 50s to 60s. Lav, narcissist's daughter, 30s to 40s. And Doug, abducted by Lav, 30s to 40s. The time is the present. The setting is a living room, represented minimally by a few chairs and a table. Disclaimer. There is a disclaimer here, so I will read it. This play is a work of fiction and does not purport to be a factual record of real people or events. Names, characters, businesses, places, events, and incidents are either the products of the author's imagination or used in a fictitious manner. Any resemblance to actual persons, whether living or dead, or to actual events is purely coincidental. Ooh. <laughs> there is a note. I think this might be the reason for the disclaimer. <laughs> the note. Each of the characters except Doug wears a toupee. These are really bad toupees. Anything that looks vaguely like a toupee will do. They should not blend in with the actor's hair. In fact, the greater contrast with the actor's underlying hairstyle and color, the better. They should be worn directly over the actor's hair like a hat. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get into the synopsis because we're going to read the play. So, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here are here I'm starting with all right, Liz, you all right over there? All right. May and Tom are sitting around a table. May is looking at her laptop, and Tom is reading a book. I can't believe this. What? It says here the earth is heating up. They call it climate change. And they say we're responsible. Can you believe it? It's fake news, honey. We're not responsible. China's responsible. <sighs> That's a relief. Don't even worry yourself. I mean, who would even make up something like that? People who are jealous of us. The Chinese, the Canadians, or the uh, Hungarians. Anyone who isn't us. I, I mean, we're better than everyone else, right? Of course we are. Doug enters. Who are you? I'm Doug. What are you doing here? Your daughter abducted me. Oh. Well, I'm sure she had a good reason. Love! Will you please come in here for a minute? Coming! Lad enters. What's wrong? This man here says you abducted him. Is that true? Yes. Can I go now? I'm in the middle of Game of Thrones. Wait. Why did you abduct him? I'm sure you had a good reason. Of course I had a good reason. I wanted to. That's why. Lav exits. There, Doug. You see? She had a perfectly good reason for abducting you. But I don't want to be here. Well, that's not our problem now, is it, Doug? Yes! Yes, it is! Oh, now suddenly everything is our problem? I'll bet you think climate change is our problem, too. No, I, I, I mean it was your daughter who kidnapped me. She should let me go. There's nothing holding you back. Just leave if you feel like it. She said she'd shoot me if I leave. Hey, Lav! Could you come back here, please? Lav enters. What? I told you I'm watching Game of Thrones. I don't like to be bothered when I'm watching Game of Thrones. 
Sorry, sweetheart. This young man here says that you're holding him here against his will. Is that true? Yes. Is there anything else? I'm leaving. Lav pulls out a gun and aims it at Doug. No, you're not. Sit down. He's sitting down. See? Now, I'm sure she has a perfectly good reason. Lav, why did you kidnap Doug? I told you. I wanted to. Isn't that enough? No. We didn't ask you, Doug. Yes, for you, honey, of course it is. But who is he? She thinks I'm her boyfriend. I told her I'm not. I'm just the pizza delivery guy. But she insisted. Lav exits. Well, if she says you're her boyfriend, that makes you her boyfriend. How hard is that to understand? But I'm not her boyfriend. Are you suggesting she's doing something bad or dishonest? She's a good little girl. That's right. She's an honest kid. She's not a kid. She's not honest. What? So you, you want us to lock her up? Okay. Let's lock her up then. Lock her up. 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 Lock her no, up. wait. I'm not saying she should be locked up. I, I just want to go home. What? Our home isn't good enough for you, Doc? I'll have you know this is the best home that was ever made. It was built by illegal aliens. We have the best home in history of homes, Doug, in the history of homes. It cost us millions. You're talking about your house. Home is more than a house. That's something an illegal alien would say. Are you illegal, Doug? No. I don't believe you. That's why we need to build a wall, to keep out illegal scum like you. It will be the best wall that was ever built in the history of walls. And Mexico is going to pay for it. Mexico wants to pay for it. They told us. Or maybe it was the Canadians. Either way, it will keep out illegal vermin like you, Doug. Build a wall. Build a wall. Build a wall. Build a wall. Wait! I am not an undocumented immigrant. I'll bet you're one of those government bureaucrats who just wants to keep this country running smoothly. We should shut down the government to keep illegals like you from maintaining order in this country. You're right, Tom. We need to drain the swamp. 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 Stop! I don't work for the government. I work part-time in a hospital when I'm not delivering pizzas. Even worse! You're probably one of those people who want everyone to have health care. I'll bet he is, May. That's why this country is going down the tubes. Health care should only be for rich people like us, Doug. Besides, no one knew how complicated it was. No one. Not even me. And I know more about health care than anyone else. Doug wants to give health care to everyone, even to dogs and cats. I just grabbed their pussies. Pussy cats! And dogs, too. Pets don't need health care. I'll bet Doug even marches in the streets for animals. You're right, Tom. I'll bet Doug is one of those pro-animal demonstrators. We sure busted them up good, didn't we, May? Now, Tom, to be fair, there are many fine people on all sides. On all sides. Look, can I go now? Why? Aren't we good enough for you? You're saying you're better than us? You're all a bunch of narcissists. So, you got a problem with that? Of course we're narcissists! We're a nation of narcissists! And I'm the best and biggest narcissist in the history of our country. No, you're not, Tom. I am. I'm the finest, most excellent narcissist. No one has ever seen a bigger or better narcissist than me. I had the largest crowds in the history at our nar narcissist convention. You're just an apprentice narcissist. How can you say that, May? You know how grandiose my thoughts are. 
You've seen my moodiness, my thin skin, my self-importance, my egotism, and my arrogance. Yes, but I'm a thousand times more arrogant than you. I'm also ignorant, overconfident, corrupt, petty, childlike, tyrannical, and, last but not least, hypocritical. That's a lie. You must work for the fake media. You could never lie as good as me. I'm a lot cruder, more insensitive, and overly sensitive, greedy, ill-tempered, and a bigger bully than you'll ever be. You don't even come close, you crooked loser. I can honestly say that no one, and I say this with great sureness, has ever been treated more unfairly in the history of narcissism. Believe me. Lav enters holding her gun. What's all of this yelling going on in here? I told you not to bother me when I'm watching Game of Thrones. She points her gun alternately at May, Tom, and Doug. If I hear another peep out of any of you, there's going to be fire and fury like the world has never seen. Lav exits. May and Tom look at each other. I'm glad we got her a gun. Me too. It's really pushed her narcissism to a new level. At least we're not like Doug. Yeah, he'd never be a good narcissist. <laughs> Way too modest. Too unassuming. Too humble. Too meek. I'm not meek. Yes, you are. You're a meek kid. I'm not a kid and I'm not meek. Well, we say you are, so it must be true. The more people who say it makes it true. It's two against one. She's right. So what are you going to do about it, huh? Little meek boy? You going to pee in your pants? Little meek boy? Little meek boy, little meek boy, little meek boy. Wait, meek. you got another toupee? Tom reaches into a drawer, pulls out a toupee, and hands it to Doug. It was Rusty's. Who's Rusty? Our, Our dog. Do it kept falling off his head. It's a bit chewed up, but it still works. Doug puts the toupee on his head and admires himself in the mirror. I have the best toupee. Mine is better than yours. Mine is the best toupee in the history of toupees. Blackout. End of play. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to move on to the part of the show where we have a brief discussion about the play that we just read. And so, Ed, I would like to start with you. What are your first thoughts about the play? That's usually the first question. Uh, well, the first question that we go to. <laughs> we go to that first question, first question do we, question, all do the time? Yes. yes, I think we do. Um, this could be as simple as, I like the play, I didn't like the play. Anything that stood out to you about it? It was fun to read. It was fun mm -hmm. to say those things. I'm, but I'm not sure how I like it right now. I'm, I'm, I, for a couple of reasons, I'm just... Uh, just the obviousness of it, and it's you know it, who it's referencing. Um, I just I don't know. Uh, Ned, Ed, did you read the note and disclaimer uh, at the beginning? I did read the oh, note okay. disclaimer, which sure. makes me even <laughs> sure that that the I, referencing that I'm thinking of is there. You know, I just I don't know. I I um I don't know. I thought it had possibilities. The characters have possibilities to go into some interesting directions. I just mm -hmm. kind of thought this one was became a little predictable. And, you know, but I sure. mean, it was fun to read. I'm just not quite sure I liked it. I think that's fair. All right. Sharon? Sh Sharon? <laughs> She's thinking. She's yeah, looking. I'm thinking. I'm processing. Uh, okay. I'm processing. I, I, I didn't hate it. Um, again, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure I have a love of the weird. <laughs> <laughs> Takes all types. I, you on know, this I, I, I think I think it's I think it's it's fair to address what I assume is the elephant in the room and say that you know it wasn't exactly written with a light touch, uh, uh, and I think that it is reflective of the of a of a at least one viewpoint of the current political climate or what it's clear the author's view of the political climate in certain I households think, is. I think as we're talking about it, what, what I'm 
gathering might be bothering me about the play is it's it's, it's just so obvious. Uh-huh. You know, now the characters themselves are obvious narcissists, and that kind of thing is funny. But then, mm-hmm. you know, despite the disclaimer and everything, it's so obvious about who it's about. That's, that's maybe what I object to. I wish it had been another subject or maybe using other language that was similar. But it's so tied into sure. things we all know about. And I just it, it, it feels almost forced a little to me in that. So I wish it would have, I don't know, uh, uh, illustrated the, the narcissism that, you know, we all can see all around us in, in different times. Sure. In a, yeah, I don't know. That. I just uh, thought maybe another approach... And I'm not quite sure what that is because I'm I'm an extrovert and I'm thinking out loud and <laughs> talking where I'm going with it, right? <laughs> Over here. Yeah. Sharon, go for it. No, no, sorry. I just maybe it, it. Lab didn't seem to fit. She didn't seem to be kind of necessary. Okay. Except for the fact that she was the vehicle to get Doug there. Okay. Um, but otherwise, hmm. I, I don't know. She just it, it was it was kind of an, an odd little tack on for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, and he's a pizza delivery guy. He could have just been delivering a pizza to to um, uh, May and Tom. No, I I agree. I feel like also if Tom is supposed to be you know the audience surrogate welcomed into this world of weirdness now. Uh, Doug, thank you, Doug, uh, is the audience surrogate into this world and their viewpoint, you know, maybe a little bit more from him also would have helped with that. But he really is just kind of a, a conduit to keep things moving on and a little more than that. So I think that that's something could have also been filled out a little bit more. Yeah, maybe if if the if the point was to the narcissists sort of and, you know, taking over and, and, and uh, what's the word, uh, bringing Doug into the fold. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe there could have been a little bit more struggle on that part. You know, I like, I yeah. mean, Lav's, Lav's lines were kind of funny. I like the character of Lav, but you, I don't think she was necessary to that plot mm-hmm. unless she's going to be more involved more in the argument. more tangentially related. Right. Ah, yeah, 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 we like that. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, maybe uh, the, the point being that the narcissists sort of sway the rest of us to become like them, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. a little more struggle in Tom, I mean, uh, Doug's part, you know, before he, it just seemed like a he. All, he all it just, did turn. Just I was actually there my quick. next question was going to be about that, but I want to get Liz's first thoughts about the play before we uh, before we talk more about that. Liz, Liz who's Liz? Sorry, laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think, Liz? Damn it, Doug. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my gosh. Um, I usually don't care for very obvious um, sort of. I, I usually um, don't really care for what might be considered heavy-handed, as this is very obviously um, written about a certain particular person. Um, disclaimer. Uh, Liz, <laughs> yeah. did you read the disclaimer? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, 1600 Pennsylvania. What? No. Um, yeah. But I, you know, sometimes you gotta fight fire with fire, and I feel like this almost has a commedia kind of aspect to it. And I would love to see it actually as Commedia. Oh, that'd be um, I, Because it is... What aspect of Commedia do you mean in particular? I mean, it's just, it is so obvious. It is so just outlandish. I mean, this whole, like, uh-huh. world, you know, with with Commedia, of course, you have the masks that are very pronounced. You have the very you already pronounced know the characters. There's uh-huh. very type characters. So I think that this could actually be really interesting as a Commedia, a sort of modern Commedia play. Um, and I... I would love to see it done that way. Interesting. So that all the would all the narcissists be the same Commedia character, only in different. You know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that, I think it's something, something that could um, either be 
figured out by the the production team. I don't necessarily think that they have to be the same Commedia character, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it'd be real interesting to do it uh, sort of like that. Um, if you're looking at it that way, Liz, would you would you say that Doug is also a Commedia character, or does he put on a mask later on? I when think he, puts he might put. Yeah, I think he might put on a, a mask later on. Uh, but again, that's something that actually I think maybe it could go both. He's either a sort of Harbukino kind of character, so he's a, he doesn't quite have the pronounced mask, he doesn't quite have the uh-huh. pronounced uh, physicality, but um, I, I think that it could be something that, you know, he joins in the fun at the end, so maybe he's not until the end when he puts on the toupee, and then the toupee is also... I'm also picturing, too, like, Comedia masks, but that look like those Groucho marks, mm. you know, with the glasses uh-huh. and the nose mm-hmm. and the... So, I mean, it could be a very sort of Americana Commedia mask, too, of something like Groucho Marx glasses or... I think it would um, yeah. it would give you an opportunity to beef up the comedy in it and give it yeah. a little more strength. It would be, I don't know, superfluous Commedia-style lots right. right? You know, well, bits, I mean, I feel like bits you, you that just don't... have to appreciate... I think you just have to dive right in and just appreciate that we are living in very strange times. Um Though the disclaimer would say that this has no relation to the times you're living in now. There you go. Uh, but I and I think you just have to sort of dive. Oh, Liz, I think that if you happen to draw a line between to the man living in, I'm just saying to you know if you if you view uh, if you view somebody's work <laughs> yeah. and it connects to you in a particular way, that's not the responsibility of anybody except. Isn't that the point of all theater, Robert? Thank you, Joe. That's, that's <laughs> thank you. Oh, it's trying to subtly get there. I guess it's not working on the show. <laughs> Not in this show, but um, no, I think that if you just dive in, and I think actually I would love to see more of Lab. I do agree that um, she could have more to do, but I think that she's just such a type, and it is this sort of new level of narcissism that these two people have put together in their kid that's going to be going forth into the future, Lord help us all. So I think that that is, she's the most ridiculous because she perhaps has been taught that way. I see you did there with your character, Liz. (laughs) I'm the most ridiculous. I'm the most ridiculous. (laughs) All right. I kind of like, I kind of like Liz's idea that the whole Commedia thing would kind of make the obviousness then more, more, palatable you know in my, to me anyway. I, I, I would agree with that at least it was a discussion of oh my gosh we really are living in these crazy times so let's right. just be crazy this is a just crazy world anyway. exactly absolutely well uh, I want to make sure that we thank Mark J. Rosen for his play The Best Narcissist in America yeah. and thank you to Ed Whitaker Josie Arco Sharon Hollins and Liz Thomas for coming and reading and we want to make sure that we thank the sound techs who shall not be named for their wonderful work here on the Best of All Possible Podcast. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get a brand new play every two weeks here in 2019 from the Best of All Possible Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook at Panglossian Productions and the Best of All Possible Podcast. We both have a page. And if you're interested in what we're doing here at Panglossian Productions on our main stage, make sure you visit us at www.panglossian.com. Org. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great night. Bye-bye. 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 Bye